the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody, another Alcatulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970 The Answer. We've got a great show for you tonight. A craft beer guest that's going to be joining me after this segment for the rest of the hour. The usual news and notes to get to, but first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter at Alcatulo, Instagram at Catulo. That's G A double T U double L O. Not as easy as it sounds. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer cast via email. At Albert G at NYCRadio.com. And don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. We are also uh, Alexa ready as well. And we are on the Hopped Up Network. Just go to the HoppedUpNetwork.com. And not only will you see my podcast, but you will see a plethora of other podcasts that are on there, all talking about beer, music, food, sports, you name it. It's on there. Check them out. Uh, there's some great stuff on there. Selling Craft Beer Podcast is on there, which is a great podcast. If you're an ADD-type person and you don't want to listen to an hour of my show, and I totally understand that, I would encourage you to listen. It's a lot of fun. But if you don't and you want all the beer news in about six to seven minutes, Selling Craft Beer, definitely check that out there on the Hopped Up Network. Anyway, coming up in our next segment, and for the rest of the show, John Danzler, he is one of the owners of Torch and Crown Brewing that is soon to be open in Manhattan, a couple months away, right in Soho. Uh, John's got a lot to talk about. I was very happy he came down in the studio and sat in for the rest of the show. The next three segments are all me and John Danzler. And first time I've had somebody on uh, for three segments. He was uh, he was phenomenal. A wealth of information, uh, opinions, uh, a lot of fun. So it was great to talk with John um, and, uh, you know, just... Enjoyed it very much, and I hope that you'll enjoy it too. So, uh, first time we've had um, we've had a guest in studio for three segments. Did we have the Founders guys in for three segments? No, I think we only had them in for two. So, three segments, first time, John Danzler, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, let's get into some news and notes here uh, before we get in uh, to the whole interview with John over the next three segments. So, the aluminum tariff was lifted lifted a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Trump, uh, President Trump, had cut off. U.S. manufacturers from buying aluminum from uh, Canada and Mexico. The ban has now been officially lifted. Uh, and why is this a concern for the people in the beer industry? Well, the, uh, as much as 60% of beer is packaged in aluminum cans. That's the shift now from bottles to cans. And so 60% of it uh, is, is, is packaged in aluminum cans. This was a big deal uh, because there were a number of brewers that were talking about having to pass the costs on to the consumer. So if you're already paying... $16 for a four-pack uh, of cans, you might be paying a little bit more, maybe 17 maybe $18. Uh, who knows? So that's um, that was a big issue uh, for the brewing industry. But now the tariffs have been lifted so they can start buying again from uh, Canada and Mexico and not have to pay the ex- absorbent amount. So uh, are you going to see prices go down? No. I, I, prices, I don't think, were being increased uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but this is a good thing that the tariffs have been listed. Uh, and this is another cool thing. I saw this on Brewbound. Uh, the Brew Pipeline, it's a direct access platform, and it connects craft breweries and wholesalers. Um, they announced uh, a couple of weeks ago a guest brewer program. So it allows brewers to date, to, to basically go into a new market uh, for a small period of time before committing to a distributor partnership. Um, and uh, according to uh, Brewbound, as more breweries produce rotational IPAs and other beer styles, the guest brewer program will provide an opportunity to test the market without fully committing to a costly long-term rollout. This is pretty cool. So let's say you're a brewer 
that wants to, let's say you're brewing in New Jersey and you want to get into, say, Pennsylvania. Now, it, this is not available in all states. It's available in a select few. I think Pennsylvania is one of them. But let's say you want to get into a market. And uh, all right, let's take Pennsylvania, for instance. You're in Pennsylvania. You want to get into New Jersey. You want to get into New Jersey. Maybe you're close by the border. Maybe you're 50 miles away, whatever. You're seeing an influx of people from New Jersey buy your product. You want to be able to get it to them uh, better, right? So these guys will connect you with a distributor, if I understand it correctly. And you will basically sign a short-term deal, uh, three months, six months. I I don't know what the uh, parameters are. And they they will distribute your beer where they distribute beer in, let's say, New Jersey, or let's say it's Pennsylvania, whatever it is. You're coming from another state. And if you're enjoying the success of the sales, you're seeing a good return, maybe you continue that partnership. Maybe you make it more long-term. I think this is a great way for certain breweries to get into markets, test it out, see if the beer is working, see if people are buying the beer. And if not, you walk away and you're not, you're not stuck with a deal for the next four or five years that you're having to crank out beer to put into markets that maybe are not going to buy your beer. I, th- I think this is a good move. We have to explore this a little bit more uh, as the weeks go on. As we continue here, news and notes on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, this is an interesting one. Israeli researchers are brewing an ancient beer with antique yeast. Now, we talked about the Belgian monastery last week about how they're uh, starting to brew beer again after 200-plus after years and using recipes from 200 years ago. But apparently, Israeli researchers have unveiled a breakthrough beer. This is from the BBC, made from ancient yeast that's up to 5,000 years old. So researchers from the Antiquities Authority and three Israeli universities extracted six strains of, of the yeast from old pottery discovered in the Holy Land. It is believed to be similar to beverages enjoyed by the pharaohs of ancient Egypt. The team said it hoped to make the drink available in shops one day Uh, uh Aaron Mayer, an archaeologist with Bar Ilan University, said, I remember that when we first brought out the beer, we sat around the table and drank, and I said, either we'll be good or we'll all be dead in five minutes. We live to tell the story. Um, uh, you know, and as we've talked about before, beer in, in, in the past, in that region, beer was a basic commodity like bread enjoyed by the entire population, regardless of your status or age. Uh, since there was always a risk of contamination with water, fermented beer and wine was considered much safer to drink. People went to the bathroom, in the rivers and stuff and whatever, so that water was not good. By making beer, you're producing alcohol, which is killing the germs. It was safer. Now, again, the beers that they made were not 5, 6, 7, 8, 11% alcohol. They were low-alcohol beers, 2%, 3%, maybe 4 at the max. So you could, uh, you could drink this without getting too drunk, uh, and the beers were usually made from a mix of grains and water, baked and left then to ferment in the sun. Uh, fruit concentrates may also have been added for flavor. This is really cool. So uh, we're talking about a, a, a yeast that's 5,000 years old. It'd be intriguing to see if they can make this on a mass-produced level where people would actually get access to it uh, and to be able to drink it. Pretty cool. And then finally, uh, the good folks from Sierra Nevada, uh, last week the brewers... Um, a, a lot of the different brewers who participated in Sierra Nevada's uh, Resilience IPA fundraiser uh, received an email from co-owner and vice president um, uh, uh, from from the uh, vice president Grossman. So um, he basically said he thanked the brewers, said thanks for doing this, but by the way, um, a lot of you still have not funded our um, our fund to help people during the fire. Basically, they haven't paid their bill. You made this stuff. We gave you the recipe. You made the beer. You brewed it. You, you sold it. Uh, all, 100% of the proceeds are supposed to go to this. We still haven't seen it. Um, so he says here, currently we don't even have half of the overall pledges in hand. The deadline for donations was May 14th, 2019. Now, uh, I know a number of brewers in New Jersey had said, hey, we got the money. We submitted it. It's in. Uh, it's not us. He didn't name anybody, per se, uh, Ken Grossman. Um, but you know, a lot of people in the beer community was like, Hey, why is this guy taking shots at us? It's a couple of weeks after the deadline. You know, sometimes these things happen now again. Um, uh, according to Ken Grossman's email, he said there are still 10,000 people without homes. So this is a major thing. They've, uh, contributed a close to two and a half million to campfire relief efforts. Um, this was shared by an anonymous investigative reporter getting this, Kat Walensky from, um, uh, Vine Pair. 
this was an anonymous investigative reporter, Worst Beer Blog. Um, the fund has an additional $1 million earmarked for temporary workforce housing, housing, Grossman writes. If we don't find creative solutions to get these folks in a temporary housing solution of some sort, we are at risk of losing uh, much more. So he says, you know, hey, if you made this beer and you got the money, let's get it in. Now, I, again, I don't think any of these brewers, the brewing community is really a community. They help each other out in times of need. They do what they can. Um, I'm guessing we're going to see a lot more of these donations get in, and we're going to see that number from 10,000 that, no, excuse me, not 10,000. He didn't give a number, but he said about half of the overall pledges. Uh, I'm sure we're going to see people uh, you know, sending in their money uh, as soon as possible once they, once they read this email. Sometimes it takes time. Again, Brewers, small business, you know, you're, you're floating money around. Uh, if it were me, and again, I'm no businessman, the money from that I would have figured out a skew to make sure that the money that came in from that beer goes into a separate pot, and you just let it build up, and then when it's done and you're finished with the beer and the kegs have kicked, you, you pull it out, write a check, boom, and you send it out. So let's hope that everybody, um, you know, takes care of business here and helps out Sierra Nevada and helps those people uh, up in Northern California because what happened to them in those fires was absolutely devastating. So when we come back after a short break, John Danzler, one of the owners of Torch and Crown Brewing, which is going to be opening in Soho very soon, probably late, uh, we're talking probably late summer, early fall, uh, is going to join me in studio for the rest of the show. Folks, this is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Kevin McCullough sees things happen because of President Trump. We've had so many presidents say, well, North Korea's got to play fair and they got to keep the rules. And then isn't it amazing that it takes a president who says, no, I'll negotiate with you, but you're not going to cheat on the sanctions. Isn't it amazing that it doesn't happen until Donald Trump happens? Find out the breaking news happening on Kevin McCullough Radio. Weekdays at 5 on AM 970, The Answer. Special airings Wednesday at 4. In this crazy, messy world, we're all trying to make sure we do our best to stay healthy against the new diseases that seem to pop up in schools, at work, and hospitals. It's hard to find a product that's safe, effective, and alcohol-free. Well, guess what? The wait is over. Durasan is a water-based, non-toxic hand sanitizer that cleans, conditions, and protects skin for up to 24 hours. It comes in bottles, wipes, foamers, sprays that are perfect for everyday use. Durasan also developed an antimicrobial hand Hand soap that is FDA approved and environmentally safe, just like their hand sanitizer. Durasan has a long line of safe to use products. Their USDA organic mosquito spray safely protects from dangerous pathogens like the Zika virus, which is perfect for the summertime coming up. If you listen to Joe Piscopo, get 20% off when you mention the show. To learn more about Durasan products, please go to Durasan.com or call 844 Durasan. 844-387-4726. Durasan. Hi, this is Bill Martinez. Join us as we talk with the experts about the latest news, politics, issues of faith, the culture, and entertainment. It's all about us. It's all about the truth wherever it leads. Bill Martinez live, Monday mornings at 12 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Need to grow your business? Want to get ahead of your competition? Call Salem Surround for full-service digital marketing. Salem Surround. Digital solutions. Real results. Call Greg Cooper at 212-857-9635. 212-857-9635. Imagine doing one thing that gives you an entirely different perspective about your place in the world. Think it would be worth it? Hi, it's Mike Gallagher inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour through the land of Israel in December of 2019. Come with me to get first-hand insight into Israel's fascinating past and promising future. We'll learn about the geopolitical, economic, and spiritual dynamics of one of the most fascinating places on earth. And you'll share experiences that will change how you view the world. Walk the ancient temple steps. Touch the Western Wall. Sail on the Sea of Galilee. Pray on the Mount of Beatitudes. The list goes on. Return home inspired, renewed, and empowered. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your chance. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose the 10-day stand with israel tour december 2019 for more information and to register for this trip go to am970theanswer.com that's am970theanswer.com listen to joe piscopo in the morning weekdays at six mike gallagher at 10 on am 970 the answer
All right, welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Follow me on Twitter at Alcatulo. Instagram at Catulo. The, uh, the headphone control is right underneath. No, no, no. Right underneath there, John. We got a live guest in the studio. I should have told him that before we started, but we'll get to that in just one second. Follow me on Twitter at Alcatulo. Instagram at Catulo. G A T U L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Of course, Google Play and iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast or just say, uh, say to your uh, Amazon ready device, Alexa. I want to hear the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, and you can hear us right from there. We're also on the Hopped Up Network. Just go over to hoppedupnetwork.com, and you will be able to listen to not only my show, but a number of other beer shows on there as well. Now, my next guest, he's the co-owner of a brewery located right here uh, in Manhattan. Uh, They have a facility in the Bronx. They're soon to be opening in Manhattan, Van Damme Street, as it were. According to the bio on his website, he spent the better part of a decade drinking his way through New York City. I admire that spirit Honestly, I do. Torchandcrown.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome into the studio John Danzler. John, how are you? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Thank John, and I appreciate uh, you coming into the studio. It's not often we get a lot of studio guests, so it's yeah, great. Yeah, well, we're local. Down. Yeah, no, this is great. You're not a couple of subway stops away. Now, you and your buddy Joe Carrera uh, decided years ago you wanted to brew beer and open your own brewery. How did that journey take place? Well, you know, we uh, we decided we wanted to brew beer uh, after getting our fake IDs taken away. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> it was you know born of necessity, we'll sure. say. Um, but actually, a bar right here in the in the East Village, still here today, it's called Bar None. Oh yes, um, I've been. I think I was there. Yeah, once, we, a long we were time sixteen ago. years old. We had the world's worst fake IDs. We got them somewhere somewhere down in the village. I right. think McDougal's Some barber shop that. Yeah, you know. exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> barber shop that sells you know sells pot IDs. devices and fake IDs or whatever <laughs> right, it was. Right. <laughs> um, so, and you, you had know, your we beeper, were... so clearly you were 21, right? Yeah, you know, it's, exactly, I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, we 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 thought we looked legit, right. but um, turns out turns out not the case. Um, and you know, then kind of out of necessity, we we kind of thought it was funny that we couldn't buy beer, but we could buy all the ingredients, we could make it ourselves. So um, that was how it started: was two idiot kids. Looking to get drunk, pretty much. And the first batch, was first it drinkable? batch was the worst thing ever. Um, so we it wasn't we, a hazy IPA. We, <laughs> it was hazy, <laughs> um, but we we uh, didn't read any of the directions. Bought a little Mister Beer kit, set it up right on my mom's kitchen stove, okay. and um, uh, right away, you know, right as we're Joe Joe's reading the directions, kind of as we're going, you know, right. way way too late. He's getting down to. He looks at the the section about boilovers. He goes, "What's a boilover?" And we look around; it's just exploded all over the stove. Like, oh my god! That's so we go with the Italian method of cooking: pizza, yeah. this, little of that. <laughs> exactly. Let's exactly. See what Threw a little salt in there. Right. Right. Um, and it was right at that moment that my mom walked in the door, and uh, so not not too pleased with that. We both got grounded. Right. Um, but she did let us, you know, throw it in the carboys and see how the fermentation turned out, which, you know, we had oxidized everything. We'd done everything wrong, so it was, right. it was terrible. So when, um, what was the, fir- how, the first batch that actually came out when you guys started doing all of this? What was, what was the first batch that was drinkable? It was a, a Sierra Nevada kind of pale ale clone. Okay. Um, but, but right away, Joe and I, you know, we were both athletes. We are both really competitive people, and, you know, we, we really enjoyed that process, and it was really immediately, I mean, by the second batch, we, we had switched to all grain for malt extract, okay. um, and we were actually taking the time to read the books and to, to go to the local home brewing um, talks and stuff like that. So, like, you know, it the switch flipped pretty quickly from just these two idiots to, to actually, I mean, not, not that we weren't and not that we aren't idiots today, right. but, um, <laughs> but you weren't you know, discouraged that we, were, that we were taking it seriously. No, it was, it was kind of the competitive nature, you know, that here was something that we loved to do that we were really bad at mm-hmm. and we weren't going to, we weren't going to have that continue. Right. Exactly. And so then you open your facility in the Bronx, but there is no, there's no tasting room there, right? It's just a, it's a production facility, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So that actually, um, you know, so by the time we were 18, we had been winning some local home brewing awards, had to send our dads to go get the medals because we were still underage. <laughs> but, um, you know, when we were 18, we decided that we wanted to open our own brewery okay. together. And um, it, uh, it, we're both from the area. Uh, we knew, you know, in order for in order for it to feel to be real to feel sort of you know I hate the word authentic but mm-hmm. like you know in order for for us to to be true legitimate legitimate all that it 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 had to be right here okay um and so you know we iterated through tons of different business models we kind of I mean spent the last really you know ten years while I was as you mentioned drinking my way through the city right um you know doing research and and kind of 
um, taking our taking our time to to plan to plan the right steps. Mm-hmm. And so um, when laws changed to um, to make a much more favorable uh, direct to consumer environment and um, you know direct direct sales brewery environment mm-hmm. back in 2016 in New York State, uh, that was really the catalyst to. Um, to, to us, you know, our sort of vision of bringing bringing craft beer kind of right to the center of the city, right to right to the heart of the action. Right. Um, that was that was kind of the catalyst that that you know we looked at we looked at that change and decided, okay, we have something real here. Right. And so and, and kudos to Governor Cuomo. I mean, he's the yes. one who relaxed the laws that allowed that to happen. So. Yes. Yeah. And I won't you know I won't speak about him other than no that, no. But. I mean, listen, he's he <laughs> yeah. he has his faults, but he's done some good things yes, as well has. for the state. So yes, you have to give has. him credit for that. And people forget, beer was brought here to Manhattan by the Germans when the Pilgrims settled. When you know, in the 1600s, everybody talks about how uh, you know they they stole Manhattan away from the Indians, but also the Germans brought. Uh, an enormous beer culture that you know kind of fizzled away yeah. uh, as the years went by, but Manhattan was really the center of the beer universe. In That's the early right. United there were States. over ten breweries in Lower Manhattan. Right, there, each of the five points had a brewery. That's right. That's and that's so. that's right. Now uh, we're talking with John Danzler. He's here in studio. He's the co-owner of a brewery located uh, soon to be right here in Manhattan, uh, late summer of twenty uh, of this year uh, on Van Dam Street. But they've got a production facility in the Bronx as well. Torchandcrown.com is the website for more information. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on. AM 970, the answer. But why open in the heart of Manhattan in Soho? Real estate here is insane. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. This is what we're doing is so incredibly ambitious that it's definitely, it's undeniably stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's right in your wheelhouse. But yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) If you've learned anything from our story, that's what we do. We do stupid well. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. So you know, it, it it's about sort of it's about how we want um, how we how we want to be to interact with the people who are drinking our beer, right? right? And so the idea of you know let's build this large production facility out in some cheap area, hire on a bunch of distributors, have them push the beer into every grocery store or whatever, and you know kind of only be more of a manufacturing operation like. That was that was a lot less appealing to us than to be able to, you know, bring people into our process, bring people into here is here's how beer is actually made. Here's what here's what the craft entails. Here's why we're so passionate about it. Here's what we love about it. Um, And, you know, the with the advent of kind of the brewery tap room and and sort of the popularity that um, that 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 has grown in in that we we think you know we we think the opportunity is right to put one right in the center of the city right you know, right now i mean there's tons of great beer in the city mm-hmm. um and, but but for anyone in manhattan i've lived i live in the west village i've lived in lower manhattan for for the last decade pretty much right. um you know to to get out there you got to plan a day it's a yep. it's a train to a bus to an uber to, to you know to a lot of these places right. and um we think there's a lot of people that um that would be that would be a lot more excited about beer um, if there were if there were an easier way to come and 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 have that immersive experience, and and we're t- trying to find new craft beer drinkers in Manhattan by bringing this immersive experience right to the forefront. And and that's the thing, there isn't a place where you can just have beer. There are bars, there are restaurants, but this is a specific place, much like uh, a lot of the places in Brooklyn, like Five Boroughs and Threes Brewing, uh, like those types of places, but you're having it right here in the heart of Manhattan. Now, this is located uh, 161 Avenue of the Americas between Spring and Van Damme Streets. You're going to have a 2,500-square-foot outdoor beer garden, which I think is great, and then uh, the food is being provided by uh, the Cannibal. It's a shark. Uh, charcuterie board uh, kind of uh, type of place? Yeah, exactly. The Cannibal Beef and Butcher, they're called. Okay. Um, or Beer and Butcher, excuse me. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they, they've had a restaurant up on 29th Street um, for, I, th- I believe, since 06, 07, something like that. Okay. But uh, they, they do a lot of, yeah, kind of upscale uh, meat and vegetables, sort of new new age American stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, But more than that, they, they do a lot of great uh, beer and food pairings. Right, and they which sort is of, key. They, sort of, they really get what we're doing, what, what Joe and, and our team of brewers uh, is nice. trying to do from from the flavor side um, on, on the brewery side. So that's, that's, a, that's awesome. a perfect partnership. We're pumped for that. See? And not only that, you know, we... We we knew we wanted to to have that offering as well to to be able to to really offer a a full hospitality experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but neither Joe or I have a restaurant background, and right. so you know 
while while we're stupid, we're maybe not that stupid. <laughs> but <laughs> so see, the difference it's knowing what we don't know, I guess. Right, and but and and the difference obviously between New York and New Jersey, all of these places in New Jersey where you make your money is the brewery, but. It's very difficult to get a restaurant and a brewery yes. license because the liquor licenses are so expensive and they become a commodity. Whereas in New York, the laws are a little bit different where it's right. a much easier path for you to open up a restaurant brew pub. Yeah, kind exactly. Of thing. And that's, you know, again, only a recent development thanks right. to Governor Cuomo. Yeah, exactly. Now, look, we're going to take a break here. When we come back, John Danzler, the co-owner of Torch and Crown Brewing, is going to join me. We've got some other questions to get to. They've got an event going on. Uh, to benefit uh, Pride and a, a collaboration beer they're putting on. We'll talk more about the brewery itself, some stuff they're also doing for Common Roots Brewing, and a lot of other stuff as well. I want to get John's take on the uh, Sam Adams Dogfish Head merger as well, uh, being an owner of a brewery as well. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's raining and 68 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer is calling on the FCC to investigate, saying Internet speeds in New York City and Long Island are much slower than advertised. Schumer says more than 4.7 million customers are paying for high-speed Internet, but are getting service that's far slower. The senator said Internet service speed across New York is more like molasses than lightning. He says not only are customers losing out with solar productivity, it's costing them more for less. A 23-year-old Newark man is dead following a fireworks accident late last night. The incident took place on Pacific Street. It's not clear what kind of fireworks were being shot off. Small fireworks are legal in New Jersey, but ones that go higher than 12 feet in the sky are illegal. NYPD cops are searching for the man who raped a 78-year-old woman in her Queens home early this morning. The attack took place around 6 a.m. inside of a home on 148th Avenue in Rosedale. The woman was taken to a local hospital. Police described the wanted man as a black male in his 30s wearing a black hoodie and blue jeans. In sports, well, the Yanks unfortunately fell to the Boston Red Sox. 8-5 was that final score. Bets fell to the Diamondbacks 7-1 in the NBA playoffs. As we check on that uh, game two, Golden State Warriors did beat Toronto Raptors 109-104. to Traffic delays at the George Washington Bridge inbound on the upper level. No reported delays, lower level, and easy pass is for easy pass customers only, along with the Palisades approach. Lincoln Tunnel inbound north tube is closed for road work, and the Holland Tunnel looks good inbound from either approach and the outbound Holland. No reported problems. Your weather for tonight, showers and thunderstorms are likely before 2 a.m., and some of those storms could produce hail and gusty winds, low around 57. Mostly sunny for tomorrow, high near 70. Then on Tuesday, sunny, high near 70. Now you know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno on AM 970, The Answer. Have you been denied credit? Are you paying high interest rates because of a low credit score? Join the thousands of people who've relied on creditrepair.com to help rebuild their credit score. I went to get my first car. I had to get a used car, high interest, and so I knew that things were things were done from there. For over 15 years, we've helped thousands with their search for solutions to credit issues. We communicate with you, your creditors, and the credit bureaus with a unique approach designed to remove items like late payments, collections, charge-offs, liens, bankruptcy, and foreclosures that are unfair or inaccurate. And I've gone up 40 points already. There are many services offering to tell you your credit score and even monitor it for you. But what good is just knowing your credit score when what you really need is to fix it? Credit repair members see a significant improvement in their credit scores month after month. Call now to get your no-obligation credit consultation, including your free credit score and free summary credit report. Don't delay. Call 800-859-0720. That's 800-859-0720. 800-859-0720. Listen to us anywhere. TuneIn.com, iHeartRadio.com. Get the app at am970theanswer.com. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. We are here uh, in our second segment here with John Danzler, the co-owner of of Torch and Crown uh, Brewing, which is in Bron- in the Bronx, but they're soon to be opening down in Manhattan on Van Damme Street. And, you know, live is coming to town in a couple of weeks with Bush. Can't wait to see them at PNC Bank Arts Center. So I'm kind of in a live mood today. Don't don't mind me. But, uh, John, again, thank you for coming in studio. I really appreciate it. And um, 
Let's let's start off here. I, I want to before we uh, talk more about your brewery. I wanted to get your take on the whole um, Sam Adams and Dogfish Head merger. We've seen so many changes over the last couple of years. Just in New York alone, we've seen changes in New Jersey. Now we're seeing stuff uh, nationally, and I feel like a lot of these mid-level sized brewers are getting squeezed out by guys like you who are very hyper local. You're making fresh product that's getting out there. You know, in a short period of time. How how do you deal with those changes of these guys merging together? Well, you know, how um I guess the the effect that it's going to have on us is just with each sort of with each consolidation with each sort of you know, portfolio growth of these large companies whether right. it's Constellation or Sam Adams or whatever adding um that gives that gives them more scale and sort of more um, more tools in the tool belt, mm-hmm. right? So when I go into a bar or you know a restaurant or wherever to to sell to sell torch and crown beer, and there's a guy next to me who can can offer not only um, you know let's say Canarchy for example, right? right. Not only Oscar Blues but um, Cigar City and whatever else, right? Has a larger per- portfolio. Um, you know, then it's not, I'm, I'm looking to sell, you know, one keg of my, of whatever, whatever I brewed that week. Right. right. Whereas, whereas they're saying, you know, we have these four different brands, take four, take four at the same time, um, which helps distributor economics. Right. Obviously, um, you know, the more they're moving, the better it is for the bottom line. And the the more, you know, a a stop kind of takes a finite amount of time, regardless of how much you're, you're, you're unloading. Right. So there, there's sort of these. Um, these scale benefits uh, behind the scenes and and the distributor or distribution economics kind of how beer gets from from the tanks to to the taps is what um, you know is, is what kind of guides the industry is what guides pricing and mm-hmm. sort of you know that that whole value chain right. um, so you know how how I how we fight that is like you said is with this hyper local approach so if I wanted to launch torch and crown in you know, in, in Cincinnati and in, mm-hmm. in Chicago or where in faraway markets, I would have a really tough time competing with these sort of, you know, with these diversified portfolios that are out there that, that have the scale and that have sort of the, the, the better economics to, to push that stuff. Sure. And, you know, more than that, I, um, it's about brand recognition. It's about sort of, you know, I'd be, I'd be over my skis out there. Right. But where mm-hmm. I fight that is I, we have our physical brewery is, is a few blocks from, you know, from, from hundreds of the places Bars. people are drinking our beer and right. from, from thousands, tens of thousands of, of people who are drinking our beer. Right. The, brew, so the, the beer that the, you brew today will be in their place tomorrow. Yeah, exactly I mean, right. Exactly right. And so I have the, the advantage of, you know, being able to build a much deeper relationship um, you know, with the people who are actually drinking our beer, mm-hmm. and that is that is all that we're focusing on is is scalable consumer interaction. Basically, mm-hmm. being able to to build a relationship, being able to build deep interactions with the actual people who are drinking our beer and and who are buying our beer at our uh, at our retail partners. Right. Um, and that's that's the recipe for success, I think. Outside of you know, in the face of all of this consolidation, right. and in the face of kind of. What's happening on the on the larger scale? And and for me, I mean, I love I love the deal for the fact that both breweries are kind of complementary to one yeah. another. Sam Adams does a great job with their lagers; they're doing a great job with their Sam seventy six and their new twenty six point two. But yeah, they are. Dogfish does such a good job with their IPAs, and they've got uh, spirits now, and they're doing mm-hmm. all kinds of different stuff. And they stuff, do so. just all kinds of wacky stuff, right? Which you know that's been right off center. That's that's kind of that's, that's it's been their calling card, right? Um, exactly. So I agree with you. I think it's a great partnership. Um, for, and this is kind of coming. My background before this was was in finance, so mm-hmm. kind of looking looking at the, the guess, numbers, evaluating the the um, you know from the company side, kind of outside of just myself as a right. as a brewery owner. I would say that where uh, where where Boston beer has struggled in the past has been innovation within beer. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Jim Cook is responsible for a huge amount of the craft beer movement of what craft beer is today, but at the same time, they haven't really seen any meaningful in- innovation there in the past 10, 15 years. Nope, that's true. Um, and, you know, the, the only bright spots of that company recently have been Truly Spiked and mm-hmm. kind of and, and Angry Orchard, the, right. the, the products outside of the beer portfolio, which, which Jim has, has controlled. So... You know, for for looking at just sort of like the that equity valuation, it's it's kind of like 
it's tough to tough to justify buying that stock until Boston gets rid of their Jim Cook problem, frankly. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I don't disagree with that because he <laughs> said, I, I interviewed him two years ago and he did say, he said, look, we missed the IPA boat. Mm-hmm. We didn't think that IPAs were going to be as, as big as they were. And by the time they really started to introduce their own product, they were so far behind. I think they had one, and I keep forgetting the name of it. The one IPA that they had out, they wanted to be drunk within 90 days, and it came in like a silver kind of like dark container or whatever. It was okay. in 16-ounce can, cans. It was phenomenal. It was the best IPA that ever, had ever put out. I haven't seen it in, in two years. Yeah. So, you know, that, yeah, that speaks I mean, to... And, and look, you don't you don't blame Jim for that. Like, right. Boston Lager has been, you know, is what is what built his company, right? right? And is, is, is what has converted a, really a whole new class of of craft drinkers it's been the gateway beer for a lot of a lot of people who are enjoying these new IPAs today right mm-hmm. so like 100% i you don't you, it's it's difficult to blame him for wanting to stick to to what has been successful rather than um innovate but at the same time you know it, it at this at this point the the landscape has changed so much that i think their portfolio has been getting kind of left in the dust a bit yeah um, and whereas sam from um uh, from dogfish head exists completely on the other end of the spectrum and so, um, you know, that was as much an aqua hire as it was uh, just a pure like company or portfolio acquisition. Right. Bringing him in to uh, to take a much more kind of holistic view on on both of these portfolios, I think, is the smartest thing they could be doing. So yeah, I, I I love the deal. Um, I think it's I think it's great for um, for both companies. Dogfish is going to get a lot better access to distribution. They'll right. be in every airport across the country. They'll yep. be, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be able to, to push their footprint a lot more and it's not competing portfolios. It's, they're very complimentary. So right. I, 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 um, you know, I think it's good for both parties. Um, I, I want- we, we kind of talked about how, uh, how we're going to compete with that. Right. I, I don't think it's necessarily bad for, for no. small craft like ABI acquisitions often are. That's a um, good point. Good point. And I, and yeah. I do think, I wonder if if this is somewhat of the future of these mid-level size brewers. Oh, 100%. No I doubt it is. And that's s- a very important point. Right. Um, that's, to me, the biggest, um, I think the, the biggest effect that this deal is going to have is it's going to reset valuations back to... Um, you know, back to, to before Constellation. Yeah, exactly. Whew. Exactly. Before, Way too much money. Right. Before they're paying a billion dollars for Ballast Point and Heineken with Lagunitas, mm-hmm. you know, same thing. Right. Um, the the actual kind of, you know, the actual price price to EBITDA there um, has been has been absurd in the past. And so you've had it was interesting. I, I, I listened to um, the uh, the Stone founder, um, Craig Cook. Yeah, 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 yeah. Greg Cook on a, on a, another podcast. He was talking about why that you know he he had he had he had built this kind of PE fund to invest in smaller breweries and, right. and why that never materialized. And it was basically everyone sees you know the Ballast Point acquisition. They got a billion dollars for it, so I can probably at least get a few hundred million. And you're yeah. like, dude, you got a ten barrel brew house. You're right. making a few thousand barrels a year. Could, right. You know, um, I and, like Greg, but and and, and oh, but yeah. sometimes <laughs> he, I think he bites off a little more than he can chew, and I think yes. he likes that. I but think every sentence he says is, but, is biting off more than but, he can chew. But take but. <laughs> take a look at what he did in Germany, and right. you know, yeah, yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure, and that, yeah, well. To to not get too off topic right, on right. that one, I'll, I I can go on rants all day about this stuff. But We're, you know, I think um, I think what, looking at at Dogfish Head se- selling for um, something three hundred million, yeah, for three hundred million, which um, for their size and their um, you know what, what you would assume their profitability looks like, um, you know, I I think that's a much more reasonable number. And mm-hmm. I think there were probably people who were half Dogfish's size who thought they would sell for three hundred million, right? And um, I think. I think that's gonna it's gonna reset things across the board. Mm. Uh, it's no secret that there's sort of you know there's a lot of the I would say the breweries that got started maybe a few years after Dogfish that founders are getting a little bit older. People are looking to to take chips off the table. People are looking to um, you know to to kind of move on to 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 find their succession plan, and right. so they've been looking to sell. Um, but at the same time, you know, seeing these ridiculous deals around, the the offer price has been just crazy right and yeah so i think it's going to reset valuations um people's expectations of what they can sell their breweries for to mm-hmm. a much more realistic number and i think you're going to see a lot more deals get done on the back of this i i do agree with that and uh we're talking with john Danzler. he's the co-owner of uh, torch and crown uh brewing uh which is going to be opening up on van damme street right here in manhattan coming up late summer early fall 
And, of course, they have their production uh, facility up in the Bronx. I want to hold you over for one more segment here because I want to get into some stuff that you guys uh, are going to do with the Pride, uh, um, a collaboration beer you're doing uh, in honor of Pride, but also uh, stuff you're doing to help Common Roots. And I, I don't want to give you short shrift on that one. So if you can hang around for one more segment, that would be great. Absolutely. All right, you got it. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with John Danzler from Torch and Ground Brewing right after this on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Joe Walsh lays out the steps following the Mueller report. Would you please read the damn report? Robert Mueller kept referring to the Constitution. The Constitution tells you what to do and what will Congress do. (laughs) Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, they don't want to impeach. It's all political. They think if they impeach Trump, it'll hurt them and help Trump. This, This whole thing's political. The Joe Walsh Radio Program. Weeknights at 9, right before Eric Metaxas at 11 on AM 970. The answer. If you want to grow your business, you need to move at the speed of business. That means delivering the right message to the right audience at the right time. With Salem Surround, you can stop chasing your customers and let them chase you. Get your business seen on premium, high-traffic websites. Target the exact demographic you want in the exact area you want. Reach people who are actively looking for your products and services right now. Retarget potential customers who visit your website and leave. You can even target people who attend a specific event and people who are visiting your competition. Plus, S. SEO, social media marketing, video, Google AdWords, and more. Perfect for increasing awareness, a big sale, or rolling out a new product. If you need more business, you need Salem Surround. For a limited time, take advantage of a free digital marketing checkup. Call Greg Cooper, Salem Surround Media Strategist, at 212-857-9635. That's 212-857-9635. Salem Surround. Digital solutions, real results. 212-857-9635. Every Saturday morning at 7, the Auto Lab, the longest-running auto show in New York City, can be heard for a full two hours. Host Professor Harold Walchok and a diverse panel of automotive experts will answer all your basic automotive questions and fill you in on the history and culture of the auto industry. The Auto Lab is on the air and here to help for a full two hours. Listen every Saturday morning starting at 7, right here on AM 970, The Answer. Jay Sekula, live on top of the world. Weeknights at 6 on AM 970, The Answer. All right, final segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And usually this is the segment where we do suds and duds, but John Danzler, the uh, co-owner of Torch and Crown Brewing, uh, is in studio, and we're just going on and on about so much great beer stuff that I wanted to keep him on for a third segment, and I think the first time I've ever had a guest on the program uh, for three segments. So, John, you're the first. Thank I'm you. I'm putting that on my business card, man. <laughs> so, John... Um, TorchandCrown.com uh, uh, is the website for more information all about Torch and Crown. They're going to be opening up here in Soho uh, in Manhattan come late summer, early fall. That's what we're targeting right now? Yep. yep. Okay, so it's going to be a, a tasting room. They're going to have food. Everything's going to be great there, right? but they're currently producing their beer up in the Bronx. And speaking of that, you were a couple of weeks ago, you were up uh, upstate New York at, uh, what was it, Single Cut North? Is that what they're calling yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they had a, a benefit for Common Roots Brewing, which uh, had a, a terrible accident at their brewing facility, and they were doing stuff to raise money uh, to help out Common Roots. And uh, that's kind of how we connected. I know you had been following me on Twitter, mm-hmm, but I had mm-hmm. uh, I bought one of the, uh, the T-shirts to help support Common Roots, and we were discussing. I thought that uh, John was going to be at the beer event at the uh, New York Beer Fest at City Field. Turns out he was at this benefit. Benefit for common roots. How was that? Oh, it was awesome. Man. Yeah, it. Um, you know, th- this is it, this is the most beautiful thing in the industry for me. Is like it, we rally behind our own. Yep. And so common roots. I mean, you know, what an awful situation. They had a fire, like a, a near total loss in you know their entire brewery. Basically, right. they had and, people uh, in the in the facility. People were drinking. They had to tell them to get out. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. How bad I mean, it was. well, you know, thank God, thank Nobody God, it was hurt. only you know it was only buildings and equipment. Right. But still, right. you know, I mean. Having built, having built our our sort of or rebuilt, I, would, I should say, our Bronx facility, you know, kind of, um, kind of from the ground up in in terms of the brewery infrastructure and knowing knowing what blood, sweat, and tears they've put into their place, um, I mean, just what a devastating thing. And yeah. so, um, you know, we we wanted to be able to help in any way that that we could. Mm-hmm. Um, this this fundraiser that um, 
that Single Cut put on was was awesome. Um, it was breweries from all across the state came together, all donated beer, um, and all the proceeds from um, from the tickets went to support the lost wages. Obviously, Common Roots has a full staff that sure. is now you know now doesn't have a place to work. Right, right. And um, they just I think they reopened their tap room a couple uh, about a week or so ago. Yes, uh, the, they the they found like room. yeah exactly they found just a building down the block. Mm-hmm. Um, where they yeah put a ten barrel system in. They had a small pilot f- facility, facility that was there, um, but at the same time, you know they they did they're um, they're a a quickly growing brewery mm-hmm. and very good um, beer. Yeah, yeah, they make make excellent beer, and um, you know th- so they have they have a distribution footprint that's growing quite a bit, and um, you know the, where we where we saw we could help out. You know, I mean. As you're as you're growing distribution, if you if you just stop production, those those tap handles that you've fought hard to to get your you know to get a place in, um, there, there's all these placements that you're going to lose, and you're going to have to start from scratch, and that you know that would be a, a terrible compounding effect, right? Um, mm-hmm. And our Bronx facility, we actually took it over, kind of with with this mission in mind to sort of elevate elevate well well new york city beer was kind of what we had what we, what we had envisioned but to right. be able to push that a little bit further um by taking them on uh as a contract partner um and so we're we're basically you know we're we're working with with them to uh we just you know kind of told them in the beginning uh we're waiving whatever fees whatever fees you need to make to make common roots beer to keep common roots beer in the market That's and awesome. to work with you guys so they're sending their brewers down. They're brewing with us. Uh, we're we're uh, they're they're still very involved in the process. It's still very much their beer, but mm-hmm. we're just you know we're the contract facility where where that's where that's being happening. You know until they're back on their feet, and uh, we're honored to uh, to do it. We're we're pumped. We were in the position to be able to do it. That's awesome. And you know you mentioned at the beginning of this uh, of the question, and that's one of the great things about the brewery business. It is about small business. It's about it's about small business, but it's also about helping one another. There's yeah. such a great collective. Um, you know, just goodwill that everybody has. There's yeah. no real. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't think off the top of my head of breweries that go. No, I'm not helping those guys. They're. Comp- I mean, you guys are all competing for the same tap handles in bars and and space in in you know in shelves in in whether it's a bodega or a liquor store or whatever it is. But that the the help that you guys give to other people when they need it, it is awesome. I love it. It's it's one of my. Mo- it, it honestly is one of the, my favorite things. Uh, about it when people go yeah. oh you just drink beer it's it's more than just drinking it's way beer. more than that yeah. yeah it's i mean it's why i'm here the the love for for the community the industry all of that is is you know is why i is why i get up in the morning that is very cool and now your brewer joe he used to work for Kane. we were talking about new jersey in the break about how new jersey breweries and stuff he used to brew for Kane. is yeah. that right yeah that's right so, and uh he was i guess he was one of the first uh, one of the first employees over at Kane? Is that what it was? Or when yeah, he yeah, came one back the from first, when he was working at Rogue? Yeah, he was at Rogue for a while. He came When he came back uh, to join Kane, they were much smaller than they are today. I, I don't know the exact figure, but right. I think probably um, about 10% of what they're, what they're doing right yeah, now, now today. They're is, killing is, it. Is, yeah, so he's yeah. kind of, um, he was, was with them through, you know, through, through that, their full, that full growth period. Right. Um, and, and, you know, obviously a, a, Great environment to be around. Um, you know, Kane's making a lot of great beer, and, and a lot of that was Joe. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And you know, it's funny because Kane started more of as uh, as a Belgium type of you know big boozy beers and things of that nature, and then they shifted to the whole IPA game and are just knocking it out of the park with a yeah. lot of their sneak boxes, great and head mm-hmm. high, and just you know solid solid stuff. We're talking with John Danzler, who's one of the co owners of Torch and Crown Brewery. They're going to have a brewery, a brew pub. Uh, where you're going to be able to get food as well as beer. The first kind of brewery experience that you would want to get in New York City, right here in Manhattan on Van Damme Street. Torchandcrown.com is the website for more information here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, you guys have another event that's going on that's going to help out Pride Week. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, we are. Um, so this is, this is a collaboration between uh, all the members of the New York City Brewers Guild. So um, that's, that's, I believe, I believe... I want to say all of the the breweries that are in New York City are members of the guild. I know we we have a we have a great participation right there, and um, yeah. So what we're doing, we're all getting together um, at our place. We're we're fortunate, um, you know, we're lucky to host, um, and um, 
So we're all getting together for, at our place. We're brewing a beer. Call, we're calling it Rainbows Everywhere. Oh, cool. Uh, all right. It's going to be an IPA with uh, with orange peels, I believe. Nice. Um, and uh, so what we're doing there is we're um, kind of, we're all going to sell it together. So kind of, you know, each brewery, we all have, we all have our accounts. We all have kind of, you know, our good relationships. And we're, mm-hmm. we're hoping to kind of come together as a community to leverage all of that to, um, you know, to get this beer in, into a lot of places. Okay. And um, what we're doing, we're donating 100% of the net proceeds uh, from this beer to the Ali Forney Foundation, um, or the Ali Forney Center, excuse me, okay. which, which provides resources to, um, to homeless LGBTQ youth. Oh, wow. Um, and so that's, that's a great way to, um, you know, to, to honor... To honor pride, um, and also to you know to, to help a a great cause that that touches um, you know that touches our city. That's very cool. Now uh, cans and kegs as well. Yes, or, cans okay. and kegs. Uh, we're we're getting through final approvals for our label, but we cannot wait to show it. It's 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 awesome. Oh, that's that's um, awesome. And uh, we're also encouraging everyone who sells the beer to donate a dollar per pint or. You know, to, okay. to figure out a, a donation to to sort of match us um, and our suppliers, uh, YCH Hops and Country Malt Group have been um, have been generous enough to to donate uh, the malt and the hops being used in this beer. So we're we're looking forward to bringing the Alifornia Center a pretty big check and and you know making this a pretty impactful thing. And mm-hmm. uh, more than that, you know, broadcasting our support as as Torch and Crown, but as as the whole New York City Brewers Guild, right. our, our support and our sort of, you know, how much we value inclusivity and and, um, and the pride movement. And when is the beer going to be available? Uh, June 10th is when it'll June be 10th. released. Okay. So look for it. Uh, it'll be all throughout New York City. Excellent. And so whatever the net proceeds, they'll go directly to the uh, to the foundation. Yes, exactly. That is very cool. Look, my guest has been John Danzler. He's the co-owner of a brewery, uh, Torch and Crown Brewing. They brew beer up in the Bronx, uh, their production facility. They are opening a new place coming up in Soho, right on Van Damme Street. Uh, Torchandcrown.com is the website for more information. The Brew Pub is scheduled to be open probably August, September, but again, there's all kinds of, you know, stuff. <laughs> it's New York City, folks. I mean, we yep. got a mayor who's out of town now running for president. <laughs> uh, you know, who knows who's running this city at this point i mean it's insane uh but uh it, it's gonna when, when it opens i can't wait to get over there because it sounds like a really cool spot and it would be an honor i mean the first one in manhattan remember there is no brewery or brewery tour in manhattan you got to go to brooklyn you got to go to queens you got to go to staten island even in staten island flagship has a little a quick little tour but uh Killsborough, it's inside a restaurant you can look at the the um the brewery facility, but there's really no tour. So, John, thanks so much for coming in studio. Very much appreciate it. This was great. I'm pumped to be here, Al. Thanks Excellent. a lot. All right. My thanks to everybody. And, uh, of course, my thanks to the great Buddy Watson, who, uh, coincidentally enough, was one of the first guys who turned me on to Common Roots. So that was a, a kind of uh, a collaboration there between two old friends uh, from high school. I'm back on the Joe Piscopo Show Monday at 6 a.m. This has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. Cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.